Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Joining me this week is Gordon Parks. There's only really one place to start and probably end, which is the saga of Derek McInnes not joining Rangers in the end. Gordon, can you make sense of this for me? Because uh, ever since we heard the news last night, I think the general feeling has been one of bemusement. Bemusement, astonishment. I think that when I heard the news, nothing surprised you in Scottish football, certainly you think that this was going to be an appointment that would be night following day, the formality of it, the fact that there's a guy here who's played for the club who wants to go back to his boyhood heroes. To throw a curveball like he did last night uh, was astonishing and really surprising, but you, the more you try and pick through the reasons why he would do that, you kind of see a sense beginning to emerge, a kind of pattern of maybe he's thought the thing through and the appeal to going to Rangers isn't what it once was, certainly for him. As a former player, it hasn't been strong enough and he's decided not to go. If we go right back to the beginning, what do you think the process looked like? Week one, week two, have they always, the Rangers board, been thinking Derek McInnes? No. I think there's been there's been a split and I think some of the board have had to be convinced that Derek is the candidate that would take the club for because the appointment, as you know, is critical. Pedro Kixina's appointment, Warburton's appointment, they both fell flat and I think they realised the gravity of the decision they were taking was such they had to make sure it was 100% right and everybody had to be on board to do that. I just feel that uh, Derek detected there wasn't that kind of collective um, desire to get him in and I think it's hard to disguise that. I just don't think the, the club sold itself to him and I think the longer it took the more likely that they weren't going to get their mind and ultimately that's what's proven to, 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 to happen, you know? Well, me and Scott discussed this about three or four weeks ago and we were we were thinking that perhaps Derek McInnes maybe wasn't the man that Mark Allen in particular was looking at because it just seemed that he would be looking for more of a coach because he, if he wants to solidify his position as director of football, he's not going to want a guy who's going to come in and make a root and branch change to the structure of the club, let's which is what perfect, McInnes has done. Let's be perfectly honest, you're right. Alan would be undermined. He wouldn't want to, I mean, certainly, I can't second guess, but I would imagine Derek McInnes wouldn't be top of his list. I think he would have wanted to identify somebody that he's bringing in from down south, somebody that safeguards his position, someone who isn't going to come in and totally overhaul the work that he's already started. I just think... It wouldn't have been a popular appointment with him. It would have affected him because Derek's a control manager. He wants to get in around every aspect of it. It wouldn't have been a good fit for somebody wanting to make their own mark. And I think that's another factor. I mean, there's a catalogue of things that you can look at that didn't quite feel right. And that's certainly one big one. In terms of where Rangers go from here, what are their options? I mean, Graham Murty's obviously... Had a checkered record, but he's won the two biggest games of the season so far by, by defeating Aberdeen at Ibrox and obviously up at Petaudry as well. 
But in terms of how you reacted to the defeat against Dundee, um, he's quite emotional after that game. Seemed like he was uh, quite affected by it. Long term, can he be the answer even till the end of the season? Is that fair on Graham Murty? It's not a laugh when people say is it fair on Graham Murty. Graham Murty can't believe his luck. Graham Murty's been brought in to do a youth development role, and he's been uh, he's acting up now as manager of Rangers Football Club. In effect, now how how many games would this be? Ten. And Saturday, ten games in charge of a club of that kind of stature. Um, so I don't go down the fair route I think he, can't, he must go to bed every night laughing his head off that he's in that position so quickly but I think it's, it's testimony to the, the shambles at the club that they cannot make a firm appointment and when they do target someone they can't tie that person down Rangers need a charismatic manager a man of stature credibility strength composure somebody who will bring a respectability back and Graham Murty Lovely man that he is, does not have that level of, uh, he hasn't worked long enough, he hasn't developed it, and he's been hit or miss since he arrived. I'm going to throw some names at you, Parksy, and I'm going to see what you think of uh, the individuals um, as potential Rangers managers. I'm going to start off with Alec McLeish. Never going to happen. Not going to happen. He is, um, he would have been a good stand-in option but it's a longer-term appointment that they need, and Alex McLeish, I'm sorry, but he's been there, done it, and uh, they need somebody with a bit more colour. Do you think that Walter Smith could be persuaded back? I think Walter Smith should be back in some capacity at a time where they need that, we're talking about that credibility, that respect, that kind of charisma, that kind of powerful force, someone who knows about the club, I don't like the phrase Rangers-minded, but somebody <coughs> who identifies with the, with the requirements of that insti- institution, Walter would be perfect. I think Walter should be the person who's charged with deciding who the next person should be to come in. Yeah, Walter understands the way the club works. He's a guy that has the instant respect of everyone yeah. there. It's just a question of whether or not he's just quite happy in his retirement. After what he went through when he was the chairman, it's obviously a difficult period for him, so you might just think... I just want to draw a line under this and it might be difficult to persuade him back. But because there's such a paucity of uh, of, can- of obvious candidates, you start going down the route of the Daleks, McLeishes, the Graham Soonesses till the end of the season just to try and give the club the time that they're going to need to, to get the right man in because there's no one obvious, is there, out there? incredible we're talking about Rangers Football Club as a kind of pariah environment where the top talent doesn't want to go to. People aren't daft. It's a damaged club. You have to be damaged as, um, I mean, they're not getting the best players, they're not getting the best coaching um, candidates forward. Derek McInnes would have been a real calibre appointment. You're now scuffling about and trying to search to see what the options are. We're talking about Rangers here. Yeah. It's frightening. Uh, but again, it just shows you whereabouts the club is. And it's, a, it's a, also in terms of the, the salary, we're talking circa 800 grand, a million pounds maybe for the Rangers manager. Now, that probably wouldn't get you a manager from the Championship no. now in England. Uh, the, the stark reality is that the the huge gap that's growing between the haves and have-nots in European football make it so much more difficult now than it once was for Rangers to go and pluck someone who they, they think has the talent. They might, not, they might not be able to get a Mark Warburton now if it was the same situation. I think they struggled to get a Derek McInnes. I don't think they appreciated just how much money Derek's on in Aberdeen. And I think that the, the salary that first came, was put to him is less than what he's actually on just now, which is astonishing but true. And I think you're right. I think you need to really 
look at what they've got, what they're going to have as a budget. How do they sell the club to any potential manager? Again, who are you going to get to come in that's really not needing a ladder to get back up? Because it's a ladder down at the moment at Rangers. In terms of the statement that was released last night, I know we were all we were all hanging today because we were at the, the Scottish Awards, Sports Awards last night. Parksy's got his head and his hands in front of me here. Um, but we, we did see this statement coming through on Twitter. Uh, it was quite quite something from the club, effectively saying that, reading between the lines, that Derek McInnes didn't have the bottle for it, which was uh, incredible to come out of a, a club like Rangers. Why Rangers felt the need to put out any statement whatsoever is beyond me. And again, yet another unfortunate strand to the shambles. I think Rangers didn't um, do themselves any favour. It shows a lack of class to come out and have a personal attack. The, whoever was behind that has got a personal motivation. Because the statement is unnecessarily personal. Derek McInnes is perfectly within his right to take his time and make a decision. Because the decision doesn't go Rangers' way, what they've done is they've taken slight against that and it seems personal. Again, this is Rangers Football Club. The integrity of the football club is getting challenged when these kind of statements come out. And I think anybody read it, it was it was either laughable, but certainly it brought no credit on the club or whoever wrote it. I think it was interesting to see the, fa- the, f- the fans' general reaction to the statement, which normally the fans get behind the club. But I think the general feeling last night on Twitter, from what I could see, was one of astonishment amongst the fans as well that the club had, had come out with this. Um, but I suppose maybe symptomatic of the place the club is at the moment. I have to take my hat off. I give enormous credit to the fan base because Rangers fans have been inexhaustible throughout these years of uh, uncertainty, drama, pantomime, soap opera, every twist and turn, every failure, every false dawn, every time it appears as though they're turning a corner, the door gets slapped and it's slammed in their faces. Rangers fans have managed to rally and keep going and their spirit hasn't been doused. You have to say it's been one of the remarkable things about this whole thing is the fact that the fans continue to turn up, continue to keep believing that maybe this time it can't go on forever. In terms of McInnes with this decision, would you agree with me that he has scuppered any future opportunity to manage the club even if the club gets back to a, a decent position because he's now become a sort of a Scott Allen type figure in the eyes of the support. You mentioned the support there. I just wonder if the, if that's his his future now with, with Rangers fans. Do you think they'll see it that way? Or do you think there's room for nuance nuance in this one? Yeah, it's Bundy's bridges. That's how football works. Um, he's now become toxic with regards to Rangers fans ever coming back because they'll never forget the moment he put two fingers up to them. That's not the truth, but that's the way that the, that's the perception. And um, when one of their own does that you know better than anyone there's no return yeah and um, I suppose uh, conversely the Aberdeen fans he's <laughs> he's, go- he's going to be the complete opposite there I mean we had the fans group coming out and saying that uh, McInnes is, uh, his position's untenable at the start of the day um, I'm pretty sure they'll be uh, hitting delete on their keyboards yeah. for that one um, because now you know he's, he's, a, he's a hero figure again probably even more so because the rivalry that's built up well this whole thing has just made it even more intense. Very astute, Derek. He understands that by no- turning down Rangers doesn't mean that he's remaining at Aberdeen. His platform is Aberdeen. It will be a launching pad to England, and that's what he believes. He'll be able to do his best work and take the next step. 
The next chapter will be England for Derek. There will be offers coming. What he's done is he's made sure that his relationships with Aberdeen is is forever. I mean, he's the one guy. How how, how many examples can you list of the, the man who turns down the boyhood heroes and remains at the smaller club? It's uh, it's great to see. It's refreshing. But Aberdeen fans shouldn't be kidded. It may look like the most ultimate act of loyalty, but there's a bigger picture at play. Do you think he's right, Parks? You mean you've played the game, you've been in dressing rooms, you've dealt with managers. Do you think he made the right choice? If you were in his shoes, what would you have done? It's a great question. <sighs> Something like as simple as basic as the geography. He lives in Renfrewshire, travelling up to Aberdeen maybe three times a week. You know he stays up there, but he's got his family base here. That fact alone was enough for me to think that he would take the job. Forget the emotional attachment, the pure geography of it, and the fact that he might get a budget to to spend decent, proper money. Would I have taken the decision? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I just don't think that having built up your reputation, you cannot gamble it on a club, which is an absolute top-to-bottom pantomime just now. There's no real... Um, driver at the club with stability there's there's uncertainty still financially why would you put your eggs in that basket Is that, I get the sense parts that there's, there's no driving force like a, a chief executive like a Peter Lowell character who, who has the autonomy to make decisions at Rangers it seems to be they all have their say it takes ages for anything to get done and, and, and I know why they've put that in place it's because they felt that the Murray era was characterised by one guy who, if he has a bad time, then the whole club then falls into disarray. Absolutely. But, but that said, it, they need to have a more dynamic process. It, they need to either give uh, Stuart Robertson the opportunity to actually manage the club and, and do his job. Very few definites about the place. You can, I mean, what's next? Can you imagine Celtic releasing that kind of statement? They would never have done it. It lacks class. Somebody has signed off on that, and I have to say, when the chairman, more often than not, isn't anywhere near the club, you've got a problem. There has to be clear leadership that brings about a dignity, respectability and class, and it's not too visible just now. Right, so I'm going to wrap this up, um, Parksy, but um, I want a name from you. Who do you think, who would you, you're in charge at Rangers, uh, who would you put in charge? Give Tommy Wright the job. Go back to basics. The man will bring a work ethic, a dignity, and a bit of strength and leadership that the club... I mean, not, a, not a glamorous name, but he'll put down a foundation of hard work, basics, straight talking, no messing about, not delighted just to be in the job, delighted to get a chance to go in for once in his life, progress himself and spend some money, show what he can do. Someone like that. OK, Parsi, thanks very much for joining me. I'm joined on the line by James Black, the Daily Record Rangers blogger, to discuss the events of the last 24 hours. James, what's your general take on a, on what's been happening? It's, it's shocking, but I'm not overly surprised by it. Um, I think looking back, I think a few people have commented on this now, looking back over how it's been handled over the course of the last six weeks. From Derek McInnes' perspective, it's hard to sit there and be like, Rangers really want me this. It's clear that I'm the guy that they see as being their first choice. You know, I'm waiting almost six weeks to even approach Aberdeen, and I'm sure there have been conversations in the background through agents and what have you, and kind of 
behind the scenes dealing, but in terms of the proper actual doing things by the book stuff, waiting so long to move to your first target doesn't give them the impression you want them there. Yeah, what's your so, take as a fan on why it took so long? I don't think they know what they're doing, if I'm being totally blunt. Um, I, I mean, this is purely guesswork, but I think there's been a split in the boardroom. I mean, going back to when Pedro Cuxinha was appointed, there was all this talk of being a kind of subcommittee that had been responsible for that, and certain folk within the boardroom had no involvement. Further on down the line, once Cuxinha started getting some criticism, you had Stuart Robertson and Dave King both, both come out and say, oh no, we both had a hand in this, everybody was involved. And then now, we've come to Cuxinha's gone, we're looking for his replacement, and there still seems to be the same dragging your feet about going for McInnes. It's, as I said, it's purely guesswork on my part, but it strikes me that someday within the boardroom doesn't want him. Did you think that Derek McInnes was the right man for the job, James? Not particularly. Um, I can see both sides of it. He's done a great job at Aberdeen. In three consecutive second place finishes, a League Cup and brilliant. For what it is and where it is, great achievement. But I've never seen enough of McInnes that made me go, that guy's a future Rangers manager. You know, you'll get it with some folk, you'll kind of see certain managers, you'll go, oh, <coughs> his type of play fits this club or he carries himself kind of like he'll manage this team. You got it with Neil Lennon at one point before he got the Celtic job that, oh, it looks like a potential Celtic manager. Some folk tied it to Barry Ferguson and Rangers, which I've never really seen. But McInnes, I've never seen it. I think he's, he takes a safe option far, far too much. And I think that's what this has come down to. Do you have any preferred candidates now? I mean, the, the big thing in, that's been across the media, obviously, is that uh, the vast majority of people felt that Derek McInnes was the obvious candidate. Or Is there any other names out there that, as a fan, fills you with optimism or you think that, that, that they should go for? There's nobody that jumps out. Um, there's a few of the names that mentioned themselves over the last few weeks, like Frank de Boer, that there's absolute, there's certain things that you go, yeah, there's a real good shout there, like Frank de Boer, there's... there's Four Dutch titles in the span, done great at Ajax. Uh-huh. But if you're one of these bosses that he needs to have the tools already in place, he needs to have the setup around the bottom. It's also, I suppose, the, the question of whether or not um, Frank de Boer would come to Rangers for the, the, the wage that seems to be set in place, which seems to be around the million pounds from what people are saying. So Frank de Boer would probably be on significantly or be looking for significantly more than that, wouldn't he? Probably. Um, it depends on how it's structured and what have you. I mean, if you're looking at what McInnes would be getting, that million pounds that they were ready to spend to bring in McInnes just to break his contract, that could be another 15 grand a week on top of a wage packet. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could, there are certain ways that, you know, they could tweak it and they could move certain things. And if they really wanted to, I'm sure they could drag it out and they could find a way to get somebody like a debut of it. He's obviously going to demand a, a bigger paycheck. Do you, do you think but, that that's the kind of name that would excite the fans? If, if it was a Frank de Boer, that, that would enable the fans to put this six-week search for a manager on the back burner and ease some pressure off the board effectively? I 
think it's the kind of calibre that, that would, uh, as much as I think he would be, uh, it would be a gamble. I mean, I don't think you could say Frank the Boo would come to Scotland and you'd be like, you wouldn't think that right off the bat, he'd be like, it looks like he would be a success. Like, when, when Celtic hired Rodgers, as much as he had a, a check of passing England, I don't think many folks thought that he'd do nothing up here and he'd be a flop. With Frank de Boer, there is that risk. So whilst the name carries uh, carries kudos and it uh, carries weight, I don't know if his results would. So you're always going to have... There'll, there'll always be a section of fans that are a bit wary of it because he crystal pals and because he enters. Yeah. The, the man that's in place at the moment, Graham Murty, obviously two fantastic results against Aberdeen at Ibrox and Pataudry. Where does he sit in terms of the grand scheme of things now? He's a very popular man with the Rangers support. You saw at the end of the game uh, in Aberdeen, the, the fans were singing his name. Do you think he's got the potential to take it over for the rest of the season? Is that the, is that the, the road you think they'll go down, or do you think they will still be looking to appoint someone permanently? I think they'll look where they are come January 1st. In between six games between now and the new year, if you come out of that way... Four or five wins. I think you can, in all fairness, you can most likely write off the old firm game, regardless of how it goes. Win or lose, I don't think that game will have much influence on what happens in the long term. But if I think he, if he comes out of that with, as I say, four or five wins, it might just get him the job full time. Although I did see his comments at the press conference earlier that he doesn't think it's on the table just now. But and it sounds a bit worrying um, because it would be a popular pick. I mean, I like Graham. Um, I've dealt with him a few times. I've spoken to him a few times, and he, he, he comes across as a proper football guy as much as I can appreciate it as. But he's he's a good coach. You can see for the last few games, you can get players fighting his corner, and you can get players to kind of give you a wee bit more than they've been given recently. So there'll be definitely positives to it. But just something seems to be a mess with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if it's a case of they just they want a name to buy them a wee bit more time. I don't know if Graham Murray doesn't tick that box for them. Well, the pressure's certainly building, isn't it? I mean, um, we, we saw the, the statement that was released last night. Uh, it seems to have been pretty much universally panned, including by the fans. Is that, would you go along with that, or, or do you have another take? Uh, I don't think there's any other take anybody could really have. Really, that, sham- that shambles of a statement was... <laughs> it's hard to put into words how ridiculous that was. That was that guy that gets knocked back in the nightclub and goes for that last and goes, I didn't fancy her anyway. It's... Whoever thought either that was a good idea to write in the first place, never mind put it out, it's just crazy. And I think that it speaks volumes to just kind of how much of a shambles it is at Ibrox just now. Do you think that's the general feeling? Yes. I've, I've, I mean, I've been looking a lot this morning on social media forums and what have you, and I've, I've seen one or two of people that are like, oh, that statement's fine, but even guys that until recently were very, very pro-king are like, now that statement's a nonsense. Where does this leave the Rangers support more generally with their relationship with the board and the club at the moment? I think it depends on what happens over the next few weeks. I think if the board can... If they can convince fans that they do have a plan, they 
do have an idea of where they're going, they might win some background. But if it continues the same kind of rudderless direction it has been, they're fine they're on death one. Um, James, thanks for joining me. No worries at all. Thank you, Johnny.